Guess what's happening this week? The Major League Baseball season is starting. That's a lot to celebrate. And we're going to celebrate today with Miller Thomas of Locked On Diamondbacks. This is Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Baseball fans, welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you don't believe me, look at that. There's, wait, there it is. There's my lower third. You call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade. And this week, we're starting the fifth season here as a host on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Follow us on Twitter. And Instagram at Locked On MLB Pods. I am your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to us on the YouTubes. Be sure to tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB or check out some of the other great shows on the Locked On Podcast Network, including Locked On Diamondbacks, hosted by me, Miller Thomas. You could catch me wherever you catch the Locked On MLB podcast on all your streaming platforms. Catch us on YouTube. Please hit subscribe on the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast as well. Follow me on Twitter, my personal account, at CreatorThomas24, or follow the show account, Locked On Diamondbacks, on Twitter, Instagram. Sully, I must say, when spring training first rolled around, I wasn't too excited for the baseball season. I was like, oh, the offseason went kind of quick. I didn't mind doing three days a week, a little bit longer here. But now that it's opening day week, I got to say, I'm really excited. I think this baseball season is going to be very exciting. I think baseball is back. And a great buzz for it. And and again, I talked about it last week. We got a great sort of lead-in with the World Baseball Classic, sort of yeah. reminding us how much fun it can be to watch meaningful baseball. Let me. Just, I'm not going to go on long about this because we're going to be doing some of our picks for the season. But I want to have my final thoughts on it. First okay. of all, if you're on – an old fogey and I'm, and I'm in fogey territory. I'm closer mm-hmm. to 100 than I am my birth. Okay. Ooh, cool. Um, if you're going to show, if you're going to be like one of the Chris Russo's on major league baseball network or wherever talk about, Mad well, dog. you can't compare this to the Kirk Gibson home run or blah, blah, blah. We know if you're coming up there and you see people are excited about something and your job is to peg them down because something I saw when I was younger was better. Guess what? You're a miserable human being. Have people have fun. If they're excited about baseball and if the excitement generated from the World Baseball Classic got them excited, why would you want to knock that down? Let's build it up. Um, and One more quick thing is my whole life I've defended the name World Series because if people – outside of America make fun of us. Why is it called the World Series if all the teams are from North America and all but one who's ever played in the World Series is from the United States? And my answer has always been because the best players in the world play in Major League Baseball and blah, 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 blah. It really, I kind of wish they came up with a different name back in 1903, especially because the World Baseball Classic shows that, hey, maybe you could have you know, super high quality players playing on teams that don't necessarily want to come to America. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wish they came up with a title when the American League of the National League came up with a truce in 1903 and said, we're going to play what was called the World's Championship Series. 
and then it turned into Worlds Series, and then just World Series. Um, I wish they came up with a you know like a name like the Stanley Cup in hockey, and I wish it was like I was trying to think of a a, a big baseball hero from the 19th century. Uh, so I thought of the King Kelly Cup. If that was what it was called, the King Kelly Cup, that would have been kind of neat. Um, although when you line up a lot of K's together, it's kind of problematic. But it was it's KKC, so I guess. <laughs> okay. Um, but, yeah, let's uh, that one up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's kind of like I wish that group of sports writers in the mid-1910s, when they had to come up with a new name for the Cleveland Napoleons, came up with a – they threw around names like Broncos and Raiders, but they landed on Indians. I kind of – they could have solved a lot of problems if they just stuck with Broncos. And for a couple of years, the Braves changed their name to the Boston Bees. Yeah. Just stayed with that name. We, we just, just a, lot of, a lot of dumb conversation and, and debates would be over. And now I'm feeling the same way. I wish – just put your back into a little more than World Series if I went back in time. But we can't go back in time. It's called the World Series, and we're about to start what should be a really fun season starting on Thursday. Blank slates for all, and for all a good night. Um, you and I are going to do some of our predictions and some of our picks, our official picks for the year. Yeah. We did our unofficial picks earlier, and then we saw who got hurt, and we got to see who uh, is looking good and who isn't looking good. I'm very confident in some of my picks – and boy, oh boy, I am going to use this to flip for a couple other picks. So, uh, Miller Thomas, tell us who some of your picks are. We're doing awards okay. and division winners and ridiculously early winners of the King Kelly Cup. Well, where do you want me to start, Sully? You want me to start in the American League, National League? What's Let's your start take? With National League. Let's start with National League. Let's start with National League awards here. All right. I guess the uh, you want to get the big ones out the way first. Or well, either way, well, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Which one do you want? I'm good with anything. All right. I think we should start big. Uh, you know, I like starting at the top. You know, they always tell you in journalism, you got to do the reverse pyramid scheme out here. So we're going to start at the top, Sully. We're going to start right off the bat with the MVP award. And for me, I'm going with the team that spent a whole lot of money this offseason constructing a super team of a core four or four superstars. And maybe you think because they have so many superstars in their lineup, it denigrates, you know, another teammate MVP case. But I think a lot of times when players go to a new team, like we saw Francisco Lindor last season, sometimes you need a year to adjust. Sometimes that second year in a new place is better than your first year. I think we even saw that with Nolan Arenado. So I think – because he got there at the trade deadline, he only spent the half season there. I think his first full season in San Diego, he's going to put up monstrous numbers. So I'm picking Juan Soto, who is also getting very close to needing a new contract soon. I think he's going to put the pressure on this Padres front office, who he knows not afraid to spend money, who just spent a whole ton of, you know, prospects to go get Juan Soto. I think Juan Soto, first full season in San Diego, going to put up monster numbers, especially when you consider the fact that he is playing with so much talent around him with the Bogarts, Tatis, and Machado to protect him against these opposing pitchers. I think Soto's going to have a monster season drawing walks and going to hit monster home runs in Petco Park. You know, this is where I, one of the ones where I bring this to, because okay. I think the MVP is going to be in San Diego. Ooh. And um, I think if you have a healthy Tatis and a healthy Bogarts, the pitches that Soto and Machado are going to be seeing. I mean, remember, Soto's uh, OPS was 
uh, absolutely through the roof, mainly because a well, big reason was because he played two-thirds of the, scene, the season with Washington, and there was no reason to th- see a strike. And so he walked left and right because uh, why would you throw him a strike? What, what, what is gained by that? Um, <clears throat> I almost picked Machado, but I think Soto is the most talented player on that team. And I think that you are going to see a relaxed Soto who is going to see fantastic pitches and he does everything. And, you know, it's interesting that Soto's never won an MVP. Neither is Machado. Mm -hmm. Neither is Ronald Acuna Jr. for that matter. Um, Neither is Trey Turner. And let's, if, if the Philly, the one um, way that a non Padre could win the MVP this year is if the Phillies make the postseason. Trey Turner has a great year and manages to keep the Phillies a playoff team in the absence of Bryce Harper for the first half of the year. I don't know how long Harper is gone, but he's not going to be back immediately, and he's probably not going to be at full strength when he comes back. So the Phillies remain a playoff team, and Trey Turner puts up huge numbers. The narrative quality will help Trey Turner get a lot of votes. But I think Juan Soto is on the verge of putting up unbelievable numbers. So you and I agree on that one here. Yeah. Um, maybe we should put a slight caveat on the AL MVP. Uh, can we say anyone who doesn't play in Anaheim <laughs> who's going to win the MVP? Isn't it amazing that Southern California is going to have a monopoly, could have a monopoly on most valuable players because that's not even throwing in Machado or potentially Mookie Betts or Freddie Freeman for that matter with Los Angeles. And then you have, you know, Otani and Trout in the American league. This is a good time. I'm living in Southern California for as, as a baseball fan, this is a good time to be living in Southern California. Yeah. Cause we've discussed it, you know, just pertaining to judges MVP cases past season. We talked about it like, Shohei Otani should be given the MVP award every single season, unless someone like Aaron Judge had a historic season, which he did. So just doing these predictions for the upcoming season, I was like, I'm not even going to think about the AL MVP award. I'm going to pencil it in because I have to see someone have a historic season for them to win it over Otani. Because if Otani's doing 90% of what he's been doing his, you know, the last three seasons of Major League Baseball, where he looks like a top five pitcher in the American League and a top five position player, it's almost impossible not to give him the award when he's doing everything on both sides of the ball. So I think Otani has to be the easily penciled yeah. in pick right now until you just see the season play out and see if anyone can have, you know, a season like Vlad Guerrero Jr. or Aaron Judge uh, had last season. It's funny you bring up Vlad Guerrero Jr. because I he's one that I'm looking at as he had a slightly disappointing season last year with the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons why I think the Blue Jays are going to be very, do very well is that they had a bunch of players who had letdowns last year, and yet still they were a 90-some-odd win team and made the postseason. Um, I think you're going to see big rebounds from some of those players. Uh and I think Vlad Jr. is going to lead the way. I think if you have a healthy Mike Trout, he's going to have a great season. Um, obviously, Judge is a wonderful player. Obviously, Julio Rodriguez is a wonderful player. Jordan Alvarez is a great player. Uh, if you can see Jose Ramirez staying healthy and productive all year, um, or Kyle Tucker, or if you get a healthy Wander Franco. Um, obviously, Otani is the MVP until proven otherwise. If I were to say someone other then Otani, I'm going to just roll the dice and say Vlad Jr. Okay. Um, 
but I, I'm, if I'm going to go to FanDuel, I'm going to bet on Otani. Yeah, I mean, it might not even be worth it to bet on the AL MVP because Otani yeah. is such like an overwhelming favorite. You're just probably losing money in the end. You, you would have to bet on someone else. Like, if I'm picking a non-Otani to win MVP, I might ride with like a Jordan Alvarez who, uh, you know, up until the All-Star break last year, if you are into WRC+, Plus, I think I had Alvarez ahead of like Aaron Judge for best player in the American League up until like All-Star break last season. So I might even pick like a Jordan Alvarez to maybe sneak in and win the award after coming off a really go back and look at Jordan's numbers from last season. Phenomenal. Over a thousand OPS to 30 plus home runs and was crushing it too in the postseason. Had some really monstrous home runs those first couple rounds in the playoffs last year. So I would like a Jordan for MVP. But do you want to go back to the... uh, Well, I'll tell you one thing. One thing I am going to do is I'm going to tell you if you're trying to put some of these teams together, it's kind of like you're being a general manager. And if you want to be a general manager or pretend you're a general manager, guess what? I got pro baseball GM, the ultimate pro baseball GM. Look, at I've been doing these fun pretending I'm a general manager type games my whole life. I did it with baseball cards. I did it with fantasy baseball. I did it with Stratomac. I did it with hardball. I created my own league of players. I've always had fun doing it, but it's never been more fun or more interactive. As the banner below me says, you get the banner? Oh, yeah. I was like, I forgot. There there it is, an ultimate (laughs) pro baseball GM. If you got time, just download it. Trust me. You can create your own franchise or you you can use one of the ones they have in there. I'm the general manager of the Honolulu Waves. We're doing great. Thank you very much. It allows you to manage every strategic aspect of the franchise, playing through seasons, leading your franchise and fan to glory to build a historic dynasty in the simulation responsible for hiring the coaches and staff, scouting and drafting players, navigating your franchise through free agency. And it's a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go. Play as you want. Play during work when they think you're paying attention in a meeting. Do whatever you want. Locked on MLB listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On at the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, visit ProGM.com, scan the code, or look it up at the App Store. That's ProBaseballGM.com. Ultimate Baseball GM, start your dynasty today and go Honolulu Waves. All right, we're here with Miller Thomas. Welcome back to Locked On Honolulu Waves. Um, let the, the one that I think is going to be an interesting uh, point for debate, I think it's going to be the Cy Young Award. Okay. Um, last year, we had a good old-fashioned Cy Young ace season from Sandy Alcantara from the Miami Marlins, who pitched like an old school ace and had a fantastic season. Ran and away also, with it, really. And really, he was so obviously the Cy Young Award winner. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it shouldn't have been close. I actually don't think it was. Um, Justin Verlander won the Cy Young Award. He shoehorned, or he, uh, uh, what's the word? He bookended basically missing two seasons, the COVID season and the 2021 season. But he bookended those two lost years with two more Cy Young Awards for his Hall of Fame career. Now, Verlander has ski and then daddled from the American League, where he's played his entire career, both in Detroit and in Houston. Now he's with the Mets, and where he's been re- reunited with octogenarian 
Max Scherzer, who they were teammates with when the Tigers uh, kept forgetting to get a bullpen. So the American League Cy Young is, in my mind, completely wide open. And the National League still has that towering inferno of a Cy Young candidate. So let's first do the NL. I mean, it's not quite at the you're the winner until proven differently that Otani has with the Angels. But until someone else can show me they can pitch like an ace and be dominant like an ace the way that Alcantara was with Miami last year, I just got to go back to go back to the well. You know what's kind of funny? I'm looking at the award voting breakdown from last season for the Cy Young Award race for the AL and NL. We both are saying Sandy Alcantara from start to finish felt like the runaway favorite. And he was actually tied with Justin Verlander, who won the American League Cy Young Award in votes. They both won. They both had 210 votes, and they both swept all the first place votes because the AL Cy Young last year felt very close with the Manoas, the Verlanders, the Ceases, and then the NL felt like a runaway race. But seeing that Sandy Alcantara and Justin Verlander were actually tied in the amount of po- uh, points, I-, I didn't realize Justin Verlander was so favored. To just looking actually, at I, I forgot that too. I thought Manoa and some of them got some more votes from that. Yeah. But- I remember talking about it and just being like, it felt like it was impossible to pick. But now it's like, looking back at it, it was like, it, it seems like a runaway race with Verlander and Sandy. But it didn't feel like that in the moment. But to bring it all back here, because this is now my time to shine, because we're talking about the NL Cy Young. And I'm not going to lie to you, Sully. We're about to get a little biased. We're about to we're about to get a little Homer on the podcast right here. Are we, are, are we talking Merrill Kelly? Are we talking uh, Merrill Kelly? We're talking a little Mad Bum. No, we're not talking Mad Bum, of course, no, because this Kelly. man last season had one of the longest streaks in Major League Baseball history for innings pitched consecutively without an earned run. This man went mm-hmm. over a month. Imagine watching your favorite starting pitcher on the mound start after start for a whole month and seeing no runs cross the board, just absolute dominance. Imagine seeing a pitcher lead the league and whip and hits per nine allowed because he does not allow contact this man does not allow people on the bases and if he played a full season last year because he did miss the start of the season last year he's actually missed it the he's actually missed the start of the season the last couple years because he has yet to be an opening day starter for the d-backs until this year no more madison bumgarner starting opening day it is now a new day in Arizona. We got Zach Gallen starting opening day, healthy for the first time in the last couple of years to start the D-back season. And I, it's a little bit of a homer pick, but I believe Zach Gallen will take the NL award home. Now spending two seasons under Brent Strom, who has turned multiple pitchers from the Keikos, the Verlanders, and Garrett Coles into Cy Young Award winners. I think Zach Gallen is next on his list. And Gallen, and you know, he's he's obviously a wonderful pitcher. Uh, Merrill Kelly's a solid pitcher too. Solid you know, too. Got, um, the, I mean, again, I'm sort of the one reason why I don't have Corbin Burns so high up there is that he's probably going to get traded. I think the Brewers are probably going to blow the team up, mm. and he could wind up on an American League team uh, by the time the dust settles there. Obviously, you have Verlander and Scherzer. I don't think they're going to be the innings workhorses. I think they're trying to keep them solid and make sure they're ready to go uh, in October. Um, same thing going with, you have two potential aces in Atlanta with Spencer Strider and Max Freed, uh, both two wonderful all-star pitchers. You got, you got a one, two punch of Nola and Zach Wheeler with Philadelphia. You have the D backs have the one, two punch of, uh, Galen and Merrill Kelly. Uh, the, you have three very good pitchers in San Diego. So, you know, Snell, 
you're hoping he has a, a solid season. Darvish, obviously, has had a wonderful career. Musgrove, uh, when he's not breaking his own foot, uh, is pretty good. But, um, I mean, none of them, they all strike me as they'll probably wind up averaging like five and a third innings per start and everything like that. Not that that's their fault, but Alcantara will probably just run away with a lot of the traditional stats and a lot of the peripheral stats. And, you know, he's he's the guy right now. Yeah, maybe with Sandy, because you look at that Miami Marlins rotation, it is so deep with quality starters, right? Maybe they don't try to put the same workload on Sandy this year. And if they're seeing their seasons going low way sideways, maybe they're not really in contention to compete. Maybe they, you know, skip a start or two for Sandy or, you know, maybe bring him out early so they could get one of these other young starters in there because the Marlins have like six or seven dudes they could throw into a rotation. Like they're that deep in their starting rotation. So maybe they feel like you don't have to put another 230 innings on Sandy's workload because you could put some of these young starters in to get a look from them and save Sandy's arm a little bit. I'm a Marlins believer. I I like I like any team that more often than not you're going to put the better pitcher on the mound. That's and uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. We'll get that in a tomorrow's show. Hint uh, about making the picks of the division. He says, looking at the running time time of this one. <laughs> um, the American League is weird because you've removed Justin Verlander from that game of Jenga. You've added Jacob Degrom who I love, but there's no way he's going to make 20 starts. You know, you don't suddenly become a, a durable bulldog in your mid-30s. Garrett Cole has been a very good pitcher for the Yankees, despite people grinding their teeth about him. But I'll believe him as a Cy Young ace with the Yankees when I see it. To be fair, a couple of years ago, he really, I mean, he's been very good. Mm-hmm. Um, Alec Manoa is certainly a Cy Young contender. He could be the one to do it. Dylan Cease had a wonderful year last year. How much of that is a fluke? How much of that? Shane Bieber, again, is he going to give you 30 starts? Carlos Rodon, we're already seeing some injury situations with him. Um, you have, I mean, Kevin Gosman. You have a bunch of pitchers like, I don't know what Robbie Ray is anymore. I don't know what, I don't know what Lance McCullers. You know, is Tristan McKenzie going to have a breakout year? Is he going to be okay? Nestor Cortez is already hurt. Um, you know, Pablo Lopez is entering a new league. And I think right now there are two pitchers that I'm looking at at the American League Cy Young Award. Um, one of them is the man who should have won the World Series MVP last year, Framber Valdez. Okay. Because he's he's going to be the ace of the Astros. If anyone's seduced by win-loss records, he's going to have a phenomenal record probably. But I also think we've seen that he is someone who could – go deep in games, do well in the other peripheral starts, but here's who I'm picking. Who? Otani. Oh. Shohei Otani to win the Cy Young. I'm winning. I'm picking him to win the MVP (laughs) and the Cy Young Award. Otani's year right before free agency. Mm Mm-hmm. Cha, and did I mention Ching? Cha Ching, Shohei Otani is going to hit the market as the defending MVP and Cy Young Award winner, and go to free agency. And Otani quietly pitches more than people might realize. Like, people might only think he pitches, like, every third week or something. He made 28 starts last year. And he pitched very well. 
Yeah, he finished fourth in Cy Young voting last year. So it's not crazy to pick Otani. It's just the fact, if you think he's going to make 30 starts in a season, then yeah, he's going to be right there in the mix for the uh, for the AL Cy Young Award. He pitched. He finished fourth in the AL vote, and you're removing the guy who won it. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, that's why I'm actually going with the other guy you just brought up to win the AL Cy Young in Framber Valdez because mm-hmm. of that narrative play. You are moving Justin Verlander, so now it's going to be a bigger workload on Framber Valdez. He moves to that number one spot in the rotation. Some, you know, injury concerns around the Lance McCullers of the world and maybe the rookie Hunter Brown as well. So Valdez might really need to be the stabilizing force in that rotation and what? Kid, I think he might have set the major league record last year of quality start streaks because he was what was it like 25 straight starts? It was like a quality yeah. start for Fernando Valdez. Like he's legit. And the AL Cy Young, like I'm just looking at this thing. I think this list is just so loaded, like you said. Like Dylan Seats might have been the best AL pitcher last year. Alec Manoa, I think, again is gonna have a fantastic mm-hmm. season. Shane McClanahan might have been the Cy Young leader until the all-star break. I think Shane Bieber is still a phenomenal pitcher for the Guardians. So I think. Both of these races are actually going to be kind of close. I don't think Sandy is going to be the Otani once again in that NL Cy Young Award race. So I think both of these races are going – I think all these races are going to be incredibly close because I did my first fancy draft of the season today. And, like, just doing that, I'm like, man, there's so much talent in Major League Baseball going to, like, round six and seven and eight, my fancy draft. I'm like, there's still amazing starters and position players and all-stars on the board. I think baseball just in general just in a really good spot with talent right now. I'm telling you, this, we're, here's something we're going to see eventually. Because we've had, mainly the Cy Young Award winners have been ace pitchers. There have been some instances where the Cy Young Award has gone to a reliever. Obviously, there have been, you know, uh, uh, Raleigh Fingers, Sparky Lyle, and Bruce Souter when I was younger. Raleigh Fingers, I mentioned. You know, um, Mark Davis and Steve Bedrosian were kind of interesting choices. And then what Eckersley won it one year, Eric Gagne won it one year. We are going to see soon because the role of the starting pitcher is becoming, is shrinking. We will see eventually a middle reliever win the Cy Young Award. We will mm-hmm. see someone whose job it is to pitch three innings in the middle of the game win it. I'm not saying it's going to happen this year, but the importance of the guy starting the game is not what it used to be. And now when you bring in the reliever, you bring in one of the, the top relievers in, you know, to throw in the middle of the game, do you know what that is? That's like giving your team a boost of energy. Kind of like when you grab yourself a built bar. Now guess what? The built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now's the time to make it count. Go to builtmarchmadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know I'm going to be voting for the Raspberry Bar, okay? But if you want, I don't know, your team to win, then you'll be voting for that bar too. Support your team or and support your bar or puff. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky, locked-on listeners, say that three times fast, will be receiving a free box of built. Not only that, but one locked-on fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly and straight to your door. You got to try Built. Built is the best protein bar ever, ever. I'm dead serious. They are so amazing. You won't think they're good for you, but they are. What makes Built Bars and Built Puffs so good? For starters, they're high in protein, low in sugar, covered in 100% real chocolate. I just did my protein bar draft, and I used my top 10 picks on Built Bars and Built Puffs. 
read it and weep. Real chocolate. Now, run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote on your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box for you there. You can vote every day in March, but March is winding down. So hop in and support your pick for Built Bars. They're still good. All right. Welcome back to Locked On Built Bars. We're here with Miller Thomas. I'm your pal, Sully. We've talked about the Cy Young Award winner. We've talked about the uh, MVPs. Let's talk about Rookies of the Year. Um, no, right. Again, gee whiz, I wonder if we get any uh, uh, bias ah. from our buddy here. Um, it, Corbin Carroll is going to win it, right? I mean, that's it. I mean, who other than Corbin Carroll is going to win at this point? I mean, who else gets a eight-figure contract when they're still having rookie eligibility? Not too many right. players can say that. So I think Corbin Carroll, if you're going to be given that contract before you play a full season while you're still maintaining rookie eligibility, I think you got to kind of live up to that contract a little bit, right? I'm not saying he has to look like a $20 million a year player his first season in the big leagues, but we need to see the flashes from Corbin Carroll. This guy, according to StatCast, is the fastest player in major league baseball and i think we need to see that speed on display big time this year we need to see 30 plus stolen bases i think we're going to see that with the new rules and the pickoffs and the bigger bases this guy's a contact machine I expect a whole lot of hits I expect a whole lot of extra base hits. i expect this guy to be going from second to third on doubles first to third on singles to right field I expect this guy to utilize his speed and to be the greatest weapon that he has for this d-backs team and also defensively monster going to be a vacuum out there in the outfield with alec thomas as well when he's out there D-backs defense is going to be great in the outfield. I think Corbin Carroll is going to be the catalyst for that. So I'm all in on Corbin Carroll winning rookie of the year this year and potentially being the D-backs all-star representative as well. Now, now mind you, I am completely picking uh, Corbin Carroll. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw one little spotlight on another player, uh, maybe a little under the radar, Spencer Steer, who's an okay. infielder for the Reds, who came in and looks like he's going to be winning a spot on the team. and. I've always found when there's someone who comes in from the minors who jumps in and grabs a spot and he was a touted prospect and wins a job and will probably, because it's the Reds, will get a lot of at-bats and everything like that. At the end of the year, when you're looking up like who has the most at-bats, who's had the most this, most that, Steer's name will show up. So he'll get inevitably second or third place votes. So um, I'm keeping an eye on him. Uh, and also Senga with the Mets, because we don't yeah. have the Ichiro Award yet, which should be given out to players who come here uh, posting from another professional league. Uh, we don't have that yet, so Senga is still technically a rookie. Uh, and if he has a very good season with the New York Mets, then uh, those are my top three. I mean, I think uh, I'm going to say Steer and Senga, second and third, but Carroll is uh, – looks like he has the ability to become a National League All-Star. Yeah. And is going to get a chance to shine with Arizona. Carroll looks like he might have the high ceiling, but Singer might just be the most professional Major League Ready dude right now. I mean, coming over from Japan, I mean, this dude might just be a legit number three starter in your rotation right now from day one. So, But that's why we need another award, because it's a different category. You know, it's a different category of player. He's a, he's a polished professional player. And if we've learned anything from the World Baseball Classic, and that is players from those different leagues can are playing at a at a at least a certain High level. level of competition, that yeah. they can't be looked upon as someone who's just come up from the minor leagues. Yeah, I think that's fair. I wouldn't mind Ichiro, 
Ichiro Award. But uh, one final dude we should watch out for because they just announced he made the opening day roster for the St. Louis Cardinals, Jordan Walker, who I think is yes. like number four on MLB Pipeline for MLB.com. Watch out for Jordan Walker, too. Drafted him late in my fantasy draft, so hopefully he has a breakout season. All right, um, let's go to the American League because there is a front runner, and then now I think there's an interesting mm-hmm. uh, uh, an interesting new subplot in the American League Rookie of the Year race. Let's talk about who the front runner is and um, who some of the other names who could show up. Uh, yeah, should uh, I pick the front runner, or do you want to pick the front runner? That you tell me your front runner. I was saying okay. I said Hunter Brown before, but. Um, oh, he okay. has so he has some injury. I said at the beginning of the spring training, but Brown has some injury issues and it looks like he may not be uh, ready for opening day. The front runner is okay for me. I was thinking maybe Gunnar Henderson yes. of the Baltimore yeah. Orioles, who is what mm-hmm. maybe the top prospect in baseball. Yeah. Already had a cup of tea with the Baltimore Orioles last season. Mm-hmm. Outfielder, power, speed. He's got the whole package, all the tools, according to all the scouting reports. Um, we'll see what he does for this young Orioles team. I mean, some people think Adley Rushman could be the breakout player for the American League this season with the way he's going to do at the catcher position from an offensive standpoint. So, Orioles, I don't know where they are as a franchise. I still think they're probably a couple years away. I do think they're moving in the right direction like the young time that they're adding but still don't think they have the veterans or even that high ceiling star talent just yet um we'll see how quickly these young players can progress for them but i think Gunnar henderson should probably be the favorite for the air rookie of the year he's a favorite but he's not who i'm gonna pick mm, who are you pick I, I know what i have against Gunnar henderson because i was leaning towards hunter brown before and i'm not gonna go with yoshida with the red Sox. You know, okay same thing um, it was announced today that Anthony Volpe made the team. They're Anthony a cheater, Volpe. baby. Anthony Volpe. They, after, after the revolving door of shortstops, including the ill-fated Isaiah Kiner-Falefa move, there, there's been so much pressure on that shortstop position, which has been a hole with the Yankees and with the parade of quality shortstops available through free agency, whether it's Correa, whether it's Seager, whether it's uh, Xander Bogarts, whether it's uh, um, Dansby Swanson, all these wonderful middle infielders, Bias, these wonderful middle infielders who are available story for money. Story. Well, I mean, again, whether or not they whether or not they panned out, yeah. all they need to do is hand them money and they would put them in shortstop. Instead... They've handed the car keys to Anthony Volpe, who, by all accounts, has the goods and has the talent. Uh, I don't believe there's a New York bias in terms of awards. I think if if you actually look at the number of times Yankees or Mets win major awards, it's just the same as anything else. And for a period of time, during the time when the Yankees were dominating the headlines, the Texas Rangers were dominating the American League most valuable player. That's why Juan Gonzalez has two MVPs and Derek Jeter has zero. But... I think that Volpe stepping into the shortstop position in New York, I think he's going to do very, very well. Thank you very much. And uh, I'm going to go on, I'm going to stick my neck out and make him my pick to win the American League Rookie of the Year. I think he might be the most intriguing player to watch this season, just because we've we've heard so much about his talent the last couple of years. And of course, when you're a New York Yankees prospect, there seems to be another level of mystique that maybe follows you, even if it's undeserving. Feels like there's always an extra level of intrigue and mystique when it comes to these Yankees prospects. And he's taken over. He's 21. He's like the youngest Yankees prospect uh, shortstop since like Derek Jeter made his debut back in '96 or whatever. So I think he might be the most intriguing player to watch, and he might be a real X factor 
factor for this team because we've seen Yankees players in the past from the Torreses to the Jesus Monteros to the Gary Sanchez's start really hot their first couple years in baseball. Sometimes their rookie season is their best season. Then they flame out pretty quickly after that. So hopefully the case is not the same with Anthony Volpe. And hopefully he can have sustained success, unlike those other youngsters that come through the Yankee system in recent history. All right, give me some other fake awards. Okay, how about this? You could either pick out your biggest breakout player or breakout um, team in the American League, or you could go the other way and give me your biggest, who you think could be disappointment player or team in the American League. Um, I, let's, let's stay positive. Let's stay positive. Okay. I mean – I'm I'll go the other I, way if you're going to be positive. All right. Well, I'm my I'm going to do break back player because I do oh, think. Uh, oh, well, I think that. Uh, oh. I know it sounded weird. Um, I think Vladdy Jr. is going to get back to being the MVP candidate that he was in the past. I think he wasn't last year. I think he's going to come back and remind everyone uh, how great he was. Um, and uh, the breakout team. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, you know. I think Minnesota. I think Minnesota mm-hmm. is uh, going to be – they're going to have a winning year. I think they're going to be contending. Uh, I, I Tomorrow we're going to make our divisional picks. Did, did I pick them to win a playoff spot or not? You're going to have to find out about that. But I think Minnesota's going to have a very, very good year. And I think improving their pitching staff and having Correa back for the long haul, I think it's going to go a long way. I don't mind that. I like uh, the Vlad Guerrero pick as breakout player. Had a little bit of a disappointing season last year by his standards, but I think the Blue Jays in general are just going to be a breakout team. Might be the best team in the AL East. Now that you got Dalton Varsho there, who I think is going to have a great season. He's going to be great. Yeah, he's going to be a great fit. It's going to be phenomenal for them. But I'm going to go into a little negativity here since you picked the breakout player, breakout team. I'm going to do a disappointing team for this upcoming season who has like pretty decent odds on FanDuel, has a chance to maybe win their division. But I don't really like the vibe surrounding their team. I don't like the chemistry. They've had a pretty weird offseason. Handed out their largest contract in franchise history this offseason to Andrew Benatendi. You should never do that. So I think the Chicago White Sox, might be the biggest disappointment in the American League this season. Players are always getting hurt. But listen, they could also have a surprising season. If you actually get a full season of Luis Robert, Tim Anderson, and Eloy Hernandez, like you're actually going to put up runs as a White Sox offense. I just don't love the rest of the roster. There's question marks in that rotation with the Lance Lins, the Giolitos, and of course some other dudes in that rotation as well. Dylan Cease really has to hold it down. I think the White Sox are the biggest disappointment in the American League entering this season. All right, and think to the Amer- to the National League, um, the player who I think is going to break out is O'Neill Cruz of Pittsburgh. I Ooh, think that he's gonna, he's going to sit. He's going to, you know, he's going to be twenty four. He's, he's he's you know cut his teeth a little bit, got his got got his reps in, got bloodied up a little bit, and I think he's going to come in. He's going to get the at bats. Um, you know, I think that Brian Reynolds is going to stick around. I think Brian Hayes is going to continue to hit well. And O'Neill Cruz is going to sit back, become the star in Pittsburgh that they've been hoping to be. I think he, they're going to break out. And the team that I think is going to break out is the Miami Marlins. Because I think Arise, while he's not a superstar hitter, he's a decent offensive player who had the highest batting average in the American League last year. That used to mean everything. Now it still means, should mean something. But the least of which is you know you're putting a professional hitter in a lineup that could – we all knew the Marlins could pitch last year. They just couldn't hit anything. And, yes, they sacrificed Lopez. But I think in the end, it's funny. I have the Twins and the Marlins as my break 
their teams. I think that's a trade that helps both teams. And I think you're going to see the Twins got improved pitching. The Marlins got improved hitting. This was a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Two great tastes that went great together. Not a sponsor. Mm. And I think that the, the Marlins are going to have a surprising year. I like the Marlins team a lot because I love their rotation. I'm just not there with them yet. I still think they will be a mid-70s team just because I think there's going to be so many games they lose like three to two where it's like, where Fair was enough. the offense tonight? I love Josh Chisholm. I love Luis Arias. Just the rest of that lineup, I'm like, ah, not really doing too much for me. I'm going to lean into the negativity in a minute, but I do want to say I do think the breakout player for this season, I'm, I think this guy could – even win the Cy Young Award this year because I think he was that good as a rookie. Spencer Strider, you already touched on him for the Atlanta Braves. Yep. I think he just could be, if he pitches 30 starts and 180 innings, I think he just could put up like video game numbers this season with how he looked last year, those strikeout numbers. I mean, he might be the next dude that gets closest to, you know, 300 strikeouts in a season. If he could pitch 200 innings, he might be the dude that gets to 250, 275 strikeouts, something we don't see too often in Major League Baseball because as we discussed, we don't want our pitchers pitching as deep to these ball games, uh, you know, as long anymore. But my biggest disappointment, unfortunately, Sully, from the National League, I'm picking a team, and it's your papa's favorite team, unfortunately, because I gotta, I, I gotta stay, I gotta stay with it. You know, I don't like this team that much because I just look at that outfield. I don't mind the outfield. I think the outfield is their biggest strength, but I also think it's their biggest wild card because you got Mitch Haniger, Michael Conforto, and Jack Peterson. You have three dudes who have the upside to be twenty plus home runs, really above average outfielders out there. But we haven't seen Conforto for a full season. Can he get back to the level he was like in twenty twenty one? Mitch Haniger is coming off a down injury riddled season. Can he get back to the level when he was hitting near forty home runs in a season? Is Jack Peterson really your all star representative? The rotation, you lost Rodon, Logan Webb is still there, but you're kind of relying on an old-ass Ross Stripling to be like your second-best pitcher in the rotation. I just think there's a lot of question marks, and I don't think this team really has that ceiling, and everyone wants to point back to, what, 2021 when they won 107 games. Yes, that was really nice. They blew away expectations, but I think we all knew they weren't really a 107-win team. I think this team is probably going to be around 500 maybe 78 wins but if you think this team is competing for a wild card spot i just don't think that's realistic for this giants team as it's currently constructed yeah i can see that no i can totally see that well tell you what miller thomas let me tell you something uh over the next couple of days here on the locked on mlb feed you're going to be seeing previews for the al central al west al east nl central nl west nl east all the locked on hosts are going to appear. I believe that's dropping on Tuesday. And so you mm. can binge listen like all you want. But we're going to have some fun this week, too. Uh, what we're going to be dropping on either Wednesday or Thursday, Miller and I are going to be doing our picks for the division. And then just before opening day, I'm going to be dropping the in memoriam video that I do every year that go to Sully Baseball and see that being dropped. I'm going to talk a little bit about the making that and give my final thoughts before we start the season. So, Miller Thomas, where can people find you? Follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Look up Locked on Dimebacks, both Twitter and Instagram for the show handle. And please hit subscribe on Locked on Dimebacks YouTube channel. You can find us wherever you stream Locked on MLB on all your podcasting platforms. And you can find us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Forecasting the awards 
as we're building up to the start of the season. This has been a Locked On MLB, Locked On Diamondbacks crossover. I'm your pal, Paul Francis Sullivan. Call me Sully. That's Miller Thomas. Let's fist bump till later this week. Boom.